What's happening, crew? Welcome to the CloverTech, the Monday Lounge. Hopefully, everybody is doing well. Episode 120 on deck tonight with uh, our co-host that I will bring in shortly, the crazy Scotsman, because everybody is uh, piling in out there on the live side. Just a reminder, May 17th, 2020. 21 and if you are out there in replay world in the replay land uh remember you can always participate down in the comments below for those that are out there live uh chime in let us know you're out there i will do my best to uh shout you out say hey and we will say hey back calaveras 32 special i see is out there gilly gill looks like g webs was first and a uh, few other ones uh, tried to get in here so let's bring in our co-host and then we will um get with it tonight i mean the monday podcast the lounge here in case you are new to the show it's a show for you guys it's pretty much always been that way you can steer the chat steer the discussion with your topics questions and stuff like that so make sure you throw uh, those out there in the uh yeah in the live chat uh Bernie out there as well says, what's up, people? Hey, Bernie. So let's bring him in. The man of the hour, the crazy Scotsman. Here he is in the flesh. Well, in the avatar anyway. What's up, bro? <laughs> what's going on? Good to be here. Good to see everyone out there. Hey, man. Thanks for thanks for jumping in. It's been a uh, been a while since we were on a any type of a panel together. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, I hope. Yeah, it's uh, it has definitely been a while, and I apologize for that, and uh, I appreciate the invite, man. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I've been work I've been working third shift for about two and a half years now, so it's kind of threw off uh, a lot of things. Right? Yeah, it tends to it definitely tends to happen. Um, yeah, it's what I was fixed to say. You, I mean, life happens, right? I mean, unfortunately, uh, and I mean, that's a problem that we all have to wrestle. We you know, you want to do our live streams or whether it's creating videos or doing this or doing that. And uh, somewhere in there, we have to find time to uh, not just enjoy life, but do grown up things as well, which suck. Uh, absolutely. Man. And I'll, I'll tell you, it was uh, when I first went to third shift, it was um, a pain in the butt trying to get things organized with the chat with Alan and everything there because he was on a particular schedule. Then they moved him around and it was just, you know, heck, it probably took us a good solid four months or so just to try and get an actual time slot kind of set up. Right. It was a pain in the rear end. Right. Now through the, uh, through the link out there uh, for your channel. So if y'all are out there, uh, yeah, hit that up, go over, check out uh, crazy Scotsman's channel. If you like what you see, subscribe. And uh, of course, all that jazz, Gilly Gill uh, out there. Digging on you, man. He says, has anybody met a Scotch? But it isn't crazy. So, uh, valid question, I think. Yeah. Well, like, like I tell him, have you ever met a sane one? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh, there, there's very few of us that are, are uh, sane, that's for sure. <laughs> so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start us down the rabbit hole, I think, tonight. Um, got several, like I said, I've got several things kind of uh, wound up and, and on deck. But if you're out there, you're in the chat. Uh, again, don't forget to say hi like uh, the gun cleaners out there just did. 
we'll say hi back. And uh, yeah, if you've got questions or topics, throw those in there. It doesn't have to be anything directed at myself or Scotsman. It could be pretty much anything in the world. Uh, so I was reading something the other day, uh, and I had to sit back and really think about this. But I was reading about the comparisons between 45 Colt and 45 ACP. And I did not realize how similar ballistically those could be. And I say could be because this is where where it kind of caught me off guard is I'm used to the cowboy action, cowboy load type stuff with 45 ACP. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 45 Colt and 45 ACP definitely have some similarities. Oh, um, I mean, it depends because factory ammo versus reloaded ammo as well. You can you can really customize it uh-huh. and get those velocities pretty similar. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, same projectile. Um, you know, you know, I guess, and I guess, I mean, you don't see, somebody was talking about revolvers, and they were talking, which was really silly. Um, and again, I don't even remember where I was reading this. It was on social media or something somewhere. But they were talking about having a single action revolver at 45 ACP. And I'm like, I, you know, why? I mean, I I understand potentially having a double action revolver, but why you would want a single action revolver in forty five ACP is just that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, Smith and West makes a nice double action in forty five. Uh, I forget the model number off the top of my head. Huh. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I really see a need for a single action in 45 ACP. Right. You know, yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, speaking of that, of like, I guess, weird, weird calibers in revolvers. I know something that I've seen a while back. It's been months ago now. I think back before Thanksgiving and all of last year, but it was, it was when the ammo crunch was really starting to hit. Um, had a guy come in that had a Ruger revolver in 10 millimeter. And, you know, I'm not a big 40 Smith and Wesson fan, but I thought, you know, having a 10 millimeter revolver could be interesting because that would allow me to be able to utilize 40 Smith and Wesson ammunition when I don't really like 40 Smith and Wesson ammunition. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's probably a GP 100. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they make a nice one. They do. Have you got, have you got any first hand experience with those? Um, I do. Um, I haven't had, I haven't had the chance to get up and shoot one. Um, but I have had plenty of them in my hands and Ruger does a nice job. Yeah. The problem with Ruger versus like a Smith and Wesson is the way that the parts are put together. Um, you know, they are Ruger kind of does theirs on in a one piece type style, so that's why they're a lot heavier and thicker. 
because they have to be to withstand the the, the pressures. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, versus Smith and Wesson, you know, it's multiple processes put in place. So, and and then all hand fitted together. Um, so there's a big difference there, but they still do a nice job. Yeah. That's been a thing with Ruger for, especially if you, you know, have been off into the reload, reloading world of things, right? Um, Ruger for years has been that way. They've just built some really robust actions and some really robust frames. Uh, whether you're talking rifles, shotguns, revolvers, you know, semi-autos, like the old P-Series, for example, semi-autos are absolute freaking tanks. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, um, and they they are uh, an excellent gun too, excellent firearm. Um, if you can find one in good shape, I highly recommend picking one up. Um, yeah, we were having a, I think, a, I think it was the gun snob was having a back and forth with him on a chat uh, out, of course, out in the text chat uh, here a few nights ago was talking about that, and I own a few of the P series Rugers. And I don't think I paid over two fifty for any of them, um, but I don't. I, I certainly haven't seen any that cheap in the last couple of years. Uh, if if I if I seen one close to the three hundred dollar mark, even I don't remember it. Yeah, the last time that I saw one, and it's been a few years now since I've seen one. But um, anytime I would get them in the shop, I'd sell them for about two one fifty two, depending on condition. Wow. Wow, that would be a steal for sure. Yep. Oh yeah, they're they're a nice gun, and if you the problem with them is again they're heavy, so and bulky. You really, you really can't go too high a price on them because people won't buy them because they're heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a viable option I think for uh, you know, for that quote unquote truck gun, you know, console, whatever, or home defense. I think nowadays. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I would rather take that over a high point any day. <laughs> right. I mean, especially if you could get one for a similar, a similar price for sure. Yep. Um, and my dad, I, I tell the story uh, pretty regularly, but yeah, my dad carried the P90, uh, actually a P90 DC, and he still has one identical to, to my P90 DC. Um, he actually carried it as his primary duty weapon for, quite a few years qualified with it carried it and for those that don't know the p90 uh is the 45 acp so uh birdie out there he says i remember my grandfather had a revolver that used nine millimeter but don't remember what model it was so there you go uh and jay howe jumping into the chat as well as g23 g23 says hey clover tech i got a box from you yes you did did you not open it? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, G23, here's the deal with that. Well, I don't know. I don't want to ruin the surprise. Open it first. And then once you open it, then we'll we'll uh, explain. But I don't want to explain until then. Okay, I can explain. So, here's what happened. So, on the launch air pop, I think it was last month. I think it was the April launch air pop. Um we did a, I want to say it's the first time we ever did that during the uh, Launcher Pop premiere, but we did a um, trivia question, I believe it was. And 
Makojo won the trivia question, but as it turns out, Makojo was our Patreon contest winner for, I want to say the paper targets from Outdoor Products Plus. So because he had already won that contest, he said he wanted to donate that particular prize to you. So there, I explained it without giving it away. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, thank you could thank Makojo for that if you weren't uh, weren't already aware. Um, so yeah, the nine millimeter revolver. Do you know offhand on Smith and Wesson what model that is? Oh man, uh, they made a couple. Yeah, I don't either. They they made a couple of them. Uh, I got my book right here. Hang on, Let's see if I can find them. Smith and Wesson is one of those things that. Uh, I can't keep up with the Smith, Smith and Wesson and Glock is like, I can't keep up with the models. I can't keep them straight. Yeah. Glock is something else, man. I'm not, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, the Glock 40 is a 10 millimeter. The Glock 22 is a 40 caliber. The Glock 44 is a 22 caliber. The Glock. It's like, really? Um, this don't make any, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but Smith and Wesson doesn't either, you know. Um, now the what is it? The six, the six in front of the number denotes the stainless version. Is that correct? Like the six? Yeah. Twenty nine is the stainless yeah. of the twenty nine six, so forth and so on. Yep. Um. Uh, and I remember that from like the 422s and the 622s because uh, I've got a, uh, of course, a couple of those. So that's, but that's the only thing, honestly, that I, I remember through those. Now, do you own any Smith & Wesson revolvers? Uh, I own a bunch. Uh, really? I am, I am a collector. So. Nice. Uh, nice. I actually have uh, a 29 in stainless. It's not a 629. It's a super rare bird. Um, and I had it verified by the Smith and Wesson historian. It is actually a 292 uh, in stainless, mm -hmm. um, and it's probably worth anywhere between five and six thousand dollars. Wow, that's nice. Now, with um, now let me ask you this: that you. You sort of fall into a similar, I think, maybe a similar category with me uh, as far as that collector kind of side of things. Um, what's your thoughts right now with the with the drought and with um, you know, not being able to find anything? Um, are you seeing some deals on some of the more collectible, desirable types of firearms that will likely appreciate in value? Uh, you are, um, you just got to kind of know where to look. Um, that, that's, the, that's the tough part with it. Um, gun broker is hit and miss. Right. Um, because a lot of times you'll have a lot of stores on there selling either for someone else. So they've got it on uh, consignment or something along those lines. Um, or someone in the family passed away and it was a collection they, they sent it into them to have them sell it for them so usually gun broker is going to be a higher price um but there's plenty of other websites out there um you can do your research and look them up you know just play around trying to find a particular model that you're looking for 
and you'll see all these various websites pop up. Um, right. Just do your research on the website and just make sure, you know, the company is a good company, but um, you can definitely find some good deals out there. Yeah. Um, the last the, one, last one I bought was a 28-2 Highway Patrolman. Um, oh, nice. And I got that for 300 bucks. Oh, wow. That was a, such a steal. That was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, last month went to Tulsa, and so uh, gun shows are a great place. Uh, but you, you know, you've got to be looking for that sort of thing. Uh, and I see we've got uh, 45 ACP jumping in out there, as well as Mason Gates. I'll get to some of those comments here uh, in just a minute. By all means, questions, comments, topics, whatever, throw them out there. Uh, we appreciate them. But it's it's like you said, you, you've got to be, you sort of got to be looking, and that's what. This happens every time, right? This, so, you know, I've said it a bunch of different times. You've got people that are totally freaking out right now. And it's rightfully so because they've never been through a situation like this. I'm somebody that's been through this six or eight times, probably that I can remember in my lifetime. Um, and what gets me, at least over the last decade or two, um, what gets me is when. You've got people that, and everybody, here's the thing about the, the firearms world, about the gun world and the community. Everybody's got their own thing, and you're free to do your own thing and like what you like. And I know you've got strong opinions, Scott, on, on some stuff and, and not so strong opinions on others. But, you know, it's it it, it really helps if you have a broader taste. Does that make sense in firearms? Because then in times like right now where everybody's after the high capacity semi-auto, whatever it might be, nobody is looking at the revolvers. Nobody is looking at some of the older single stack mag, maybe semi-autos, uh, like we talked about with the Ruger P90s, for example. Nobody's looking at some of these really great older firearms that if you're looking to make that step up and go from, oh, I just got tactical guns, right? That's all I own, to, oh, I really want to start a collection now. That exactly. I, it's, I think exactly now's the time that. to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And and as a gun shows, you got to be careful, too. Um, for an example, uh, it's been a couple of years now, but uh, one of the last ones I went to, um, the guy had... Uh, I forget what model he had, but he had a Smith and Wesson uh, K frame, and it was in a sealed heat box, you know, temperature controlled box, the whole nine yards. And I wanted to take a look at it because it was too good to be true, especially for the price he had on it. And he kind of looks at me funny. And I'm like, look, I'm really interested in it. If it is what you say it is, I'll buy it right now. But I want to take the grips off and look under the grips. If I can't see under the grips, I'm not interested. And he looked at me and said, well, I'm not doing that. You're too young. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, All right, whatever. Walked away. You got to be careful. Some of these guys are out there and they'll, they'll play a game because they think they can they think they have something and 
if you don't know what you're looking at or looking for, you can get in trouble. Well, it can be it can be a dangerous game both ways, right? Because you you here's the thing. I I I bought one. Uh, I think there's a video. Pretty sure there's a video on the channel on it. It's the Agawam Arms M68. And yeah, that was I didn't have a stroke. I said Agawam Arms uh, <laughs> M68. <laughs> and the you know he put it up, and I could tell by the listing. Uh, this was on, you know, random internet forum, right? Uh, let's let's just say. Uh, but anyway, I could tell by the listing that he didn't know the significance or anything of what he had, right? Um, and so we entered into a conversation, and he's like, yeah, I got it at an estate sale. Picked it up with three or four other guns at an estate sale. I haven't even shot it. I don't know anything about it. Uh, met the guy, bought it, agreed on a, on a price that was... Thankfully, um, I did lowball him. I'm not going to lie, uh, because of what you said. It was sight unseen, and I didn't want to have to renege on that, right? I didn't want to meet him and then go, ah, you know what? No, nah, you know, I drove 45 minutes or an hour to meet this dude, right? Uh, and then now, you know, it's something that I don't want to pay that much for. So, anyway, ended up meeting him. Younger guy was obvious he, you know, because we, we stood there and talked guns in the Walmart parking lot for a while. Um, I don't know how long, but a while. And, you know, it was clear that he, he didn't know a lot about about things. And anyway, so bought it from him. And, you know, it's hard to check things out in the Walmart parking lot, right? Yep. And so I get it home, jump out of the truck, you know. Work the action, look down the board, the board's clean. Uh, you know, could see through it, no obstructions. Okay, cool. Grabbed a couple twenty two shells, went to drop one in the chamber and it didn't chamber right. I thought, okay, whoa, something happened. You know, what's going on here? Um brought it in, got the bore scope, went in and checked it, and somebody had literally taken a drill bit and attempted to ream the chamber for twenty two magnum. Uh, and of course that was something you really couldn't tell. You know what I'm saying? Just looking oh, at yeah. it in yeah, the parking lot. Yep. So turns out I've got a buddy that is an excellent gunsmith and an even better machinist. And I hit him yeah. up and he was able to take a sleeve and basically drill it and rechamber it and, and get it all back going. Um, you know, but you know, had I paid, you know, had that guy knew the significance of that rifle. Um, you know, would he have not sold it for the price? You know what I'm saying? Would he have not wanted more for it? And then would have I potentially paid more for it and then been in the same situation where I had to turn around and work on it, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, my local gunsmith will call me here and there and I'll go out and appraise guns for him. And, um, that's how I got that 28 too. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, he doesn't always know what he's looking at. So he'll call me and I'll go out there and I'll take a look for him. And, uh, heck, I've been in there a few times where I'm sitting there buying a gun or, you know, doing my paperwork for a gun that I bought somewhere else. And, uh, a customer will walk in with something and he'll look at me like, what is that? <laughs> uh, right. All right. 
So uh, just jump into the uh, jump into the chat. We got Robert Patterson out there. Says hi from Vancouver, uh, R4 Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi. Uh, jumping in out there uh, as well. So far, R4. So let's let's crack out a couple of these comments. Uh, Papa out there says, as an opportunistic buyer, you take the deals you can find on the stuff that interests you. Uh, may not be what you're looking for, but you keep your options open. Uh, yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Jay House says, I agree with you. He says, I have appreciation for all types of firearms, not just tactical. Also, I do most of my deer, bear, and hog hunting with revolvers. So that's interesting. Mason Gates says the uh, 360 PD uh, is his holy grail revolver. He says, yes, I know it's available, but it's a pricey one. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and in G23 here, I'm going to ask you about this, Scott, because I know it's your most favorite brand. But he says, so what's everyone's opinion on the Glock carbine patent? Um, I have not even looked it up. I That's my take on it, G23. Um, so it, anybody else out there knows as much or probably more than I know at this point because I've been so consumed with other things. And while a Glock carbine is interesting, uh, as we've been talking about, I'm not one to want the newest, latest, greatest thing and just got to have it. I'm a op very opportunistic buyer. And I can promise you that if a Glock carbine hits the market, um, you're not going to be able to get one for probably years. And that's if you pay three prices for it. So, uh, especially if it hit right now. So, yeah, uh, being, uh, a, being an opportunistic buyer takes me out of the mix, but have you looked into that any Scotsman? And that Glock uh, Alan brought it up yesterday on the chat and actually showed the, the diagrams, um, from what was listed online anyway. And it looks interesting. It's an AR style. However, the magazine looks like a proprietary magazine, which, which means, you know, it's going to cost a lot. So it's a so it doesn't take Glock Max. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> right. Um, the bolt is interesting. The bolt face and extractor is interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It kind of looks kind of looks like a cross between a regular AR and an ARX. Okay. Okay. So if you guys don't know what the ARX is, that's the Beretta AR. Um, with ARX 100, uh, kind of a cross between the two of those. But the bolt face and the, the extractor, the magazine, um, the magazine well, all looks proprietary. So it sounds like it has like a, a European look to it. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's kind of got that, uh, almost like that HK look to it. Right. Right. Um. Now, Jay Howe out there is bringing up uh, one that, uh, what is it, Beretta, I guess, now is importing the Manhuren revolvers. Um, and that's something that, when that was first brought up, there was people talking trash that they had no clue what they were talking about. Because, I don't, I don't know if Scotsman, I'll let you jump in here, but... Uh, my experience with Manhurt, those are high dollar. I mean, talking about up there with like courts and stuff, the Manhurt revolvers. Yeah, you're going to be up there. Um, I think it's the R23 or R32 or something like that. I forget the number now. Um, it's R something. 
Um, but yeah, no, that was interesting. I saw that, uh, that was a couple weeks ago, I think. No. Um, but yeah, they're, they're high dollar. They're high dollar, but they're, they're, they're great guns. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you can afford it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this. If you had a, the choice and one, you've been able to get money aside, right? Korth, which is one of the pinnacles for me for revolvers. Um, so, on one hand, you've got a Korth. On the other hand, you got the Manhuren. Um, which do you go for? Because the Korth you've been able to get for a while. The the other one, not necessarily. Which which route would you go? Um, neither. <laughs> well, if, I mean, if, if, if money the was a question, I have a couple of. Uh, Smiths that are on the, the bucket list. Well, I'm talking about between the two, though. Uh, that's a tough one, though. That's, that's a tough question. Yeah. Because they're, they're both really nice. I, You know, I I think I go coarse, though. I just do. I, you so, know, for me, it ha- I'd have to see them both in person, feel the triggers, the actions. It's true. This is true. You know, without seeing that, because who knows? Yeah, you know, Beretta's Beretta's bringing these in, but are, are they doing it special to them, or are they just bringing them in as they are? Who knows? Right. Well, this is true because we know that um, importation does not necessarily mean it's the exact same firearm, right? Uh, we see this with companies like Eagle Imports, with like EAA, with uh, FEI over the years, right? Uh, Hawes. All of these different companies that over the years that have imported firearms, they do not necessarily import the same versions that are sold in, in let's say, Europe, right? Because the ATF, in case people out there don't understand this, the ATF for importation of firearms basically has a checklist. It's like a number system, right? And it has to score so much before it can be imported. And so some of the original designs... um which are the, the, the ones that are sold in Europe, they have to be modified somewhat, right, Scotsman, to be able to be brought into the U.S.? Exactly. Yep, exactly. So that would that would be interesting to see, if anything. I would venture a guess that on a revolver, probably not much has to be, has to be changed. But that's a, just a wild guess. Yeah, I mean, probably not. But, again, you don't know. Maybe, maybe Brett is doing something custom. Who knows? I haven't, you know, I haven't had a, a good chance to look at them. Um, I saw it on their website. Uh, I got the email from Brad that they were coming out and doing that. Right. Um, but I haven't had a good chance to sit down and really look at it. Right. Now, uh, Robert out there, uh, Juan in the house. He says the AFT. That's right. The AFT. They have a number system. Um Robert, a uh, buddy from up there in the Great White North, apparently. But, uh, yeah, talking about their... Uh, they don't have a 2A, so I don't want to say it's the state of 2A in uh, Canada. Unfortunately, they do not have one. But, yeah, man, uh, condolences is about all I can say with that. Um, maybe maybe move south, and I don't even know if you moved south, it would, would get that much better. Um, Mason out there saying um, he's not a Taurus fan. But have y'all seen what they are coming out with in a few days? Uh, no, do tell because I'm not aware. Now, 
I was able to uh, put hands on a couple months ago the uh, TX22 comp, uh, which was fun. Uh, it did have the video is out with that uh, at the Taurus booth with uh, several of the, of the new Taurus products. But that uh, I had a malfunction with that, but it was ammo related. <laughs> um, I don't know that I care for the, the comp too much. Uh, to be quite honest with you, the TX-22, I think, is is fine. Um, I don't like the way the optics mount, necessarily. I don't like the the weight and everything with the, the compensator and stuff on the front. I get the point of all of that. Uh, a lot of people say, uh, you know, why do you need a compensator on a 22, right? Uh, right. I've, got a, I've got a few 22 compensator videos. If you shoot competition... You will understand competition with a shot timer, especially you will understand why you need a compensator on the 22. A lot of times <laughs> um, it's for no other purpose than to make it louder, quite honestly. So that the shot timer picks it up. Um, there's nothing more frustrating than finding that you, your, your rifle, especially talking rifle in something like a still challenge match. Right. And, you know, you've got a 16-inch barrel. Heck, maybe you've got an 18-inch barrel. Uh, and you're shooting some lower-velocity 22. That's just what your rifle likes. And it's it's so quiet down that longer barrel. You know what I mean, Scotsman? That oh, yeah. Yeah. Shot, timers, shot timers, depending on the direction, because you're sweeping, of course, across the, um, across the stage. And depending on who's got the shot timer and how far back they're standing and whatever the case may be, you know, it may or may not pick it up. Uh, that could be that could be frustrating. Uh, but anyway, you know, back to what what Mason was talking about there. Yeah, one of the things I got to uh, play with that was a beast was their uh, was their new Raging Hunter, uh, the in four four sixty Smith and Wesson. Uh, wow, that thing was that was cool, very cool. Tars gets a bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so probably with their uh what kind of experience have you had any experience with their customer service and stuff like that scotsman sorry i've gotten more coffee uh with taurus yeah oh their customer service is terrible yeah even even as a dealer their customer service is horrible um i i have spent hours upon hours on the phone with taurus in the past um, I don't know how they are now. It's been a, it's been a while since I dealt with them, but a couple of years ago they were they were horrendous. Well, they've said, uh, "Good Lord, I've talked to them at Shot Show and you know NRA and wherever for the last I don't know how many years." And it seems like every year you talk to them, they acknowledge that their customer service sucks and they say they're trying to fix it, <laughs> but they do that every single year. So yes, like, and they always turn around and go, yes, we know we got a lot of repairs. Yes, we do know we got a lot of uh, warranty issues out there, you know, recalls, this, that, the other. We're working on it. We'll get them out to you as fast as we can, this, that, the other. I mean, Taurus has always been between three to nine months behind on repairs. Always. Right. right. Now, luckily, I own, a, I own quite a few Taurus. Um, mainly revolvers and then of course pt 1911s pt 92s 
stuff like that. I'm trying to think. I don't think I own a, a Taurus that's a semi-auto. That's not either the 92 or 1911 series. Uh, and the rest are all revolvers. So, you know, I can't speak to those, obviously. But with the ones that I do own, I can say that I've never had a minute's trouble out of anything Taurus that I own. Now, does that mean that I'm lucky? Possibly. But I, I haven't had any issues. And I shoot a lot. Everybody knows that. <laughs> and, well, you're, you're 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 lucky in an aspect because you're going you're going off a of tried and true design. So you got the '92, which they're using all the tooling from Beretta, right? And you're going off a of 1911. 1911, you really can't screw that up, right? I mean, you can, but it's kind of hard to do. Well, and the revolver designs are more or less Smith and Wesson, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of them, they uh, a lot of them, they use the same uh, same uh, drawings and stuff. Yep. Now it might be different metallurgy, you know what I mean? Different, little different intolerances. Obviously, made on different machinery, and, and there's some some issues like that. But um, they've been a similar design for for a while. Um, let's see what we've got here. We've got uh, Jay Hal. Apparently, I'm guessing has some experience with the Manhur and says uh, higher quality steel can handle higher chamber pressures and a better double action trigger than the Corth. So that's interesting for sure. Uh, well, I, I do have one uh, one firearm that I've seen recently that's come back out. And I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh -huh. And this has me excited and giggly like a little girl. And it's the 44 Auto Mag. Yeah. They re-released yep. that. It starts at like 3800 bucks, But my goodness, that thing is beautiful. <laughs> yeah i've seen that one um uh, that is is the 45 auto mag i'm trying to think um trying to think the uh what is it the dang it i can't even think of the name of it so what auto mag what is the what's the death wish gun that's an like, that was an automatic. Yeah, the it's a forty. That's a four four fifty. It was a forty four as well in that one, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Somebody out there in the chat's gonna is gonna school me on it. That gummit, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But yeah, I was thinking that that was the that was the same uh, the same auto mag, and so that was uh, that was cool to see that see that come out. Mason Gates says that uh, apparently uh, they do have a video for their new uh new handgun says from what he saw it looked very glock like everything is is gone that way i think unfortunately uh shout outs to those folks bj weed mario one out there in the house ghost jumping in uh huntsman is with us paul in the house south paul bunch of folks piling in here um, good Lord, either notifications went out late or, uh, you guys are just slow on the draw either way. Uh, welcome. And also while we're talking about it, uh, big shout out. Thanks to Patreon patrons, YouTube channel members, those that super chat because you keep things going. Uh, and also if you're in replay, you can participate down in the comments below. So jump down there. Mad sexy's jumping in here too. Um, what do we got out here in the chat? So Nick out there. Did I shout Nick out? I don't think I did, but we're going to cover his question. Says advice for someone that can't train as much as they should uh, for family oriented and 
doesn't have much time. Um, dry fire, including um, all types of cool devices that are out there. Um, you have, uh, I did, I've got a video on the channel. Go check it out. Cool Fire Trainer which is actually a CO2 powered, uh, basically barrel assembly that does articulate the slide and stuff like that. Um, there's all kinds of, once you get these devices we're talking about, you're talking about family, depending on how old your family is and their interest level, you can make games out of this too. Get into that in a second, but, uh, you got cool fire trainer makes some really cool stuff. A lot of different companies that make a lot of different things. You've got Mantis, uh, which makes the, uh, X10 elite, which is, uh, uh, picks up on uh, hand movements and stuff like that. Also works in conjunction with a uh, with a laser. And then um, you can just do things if you're talking about with a rifle or something that you could talk about uh, like sight acquisition. Look up the triangle drill, um, for example. Um, and you know, there's lots of things you could do dry fire or not even dry firing, right? Uh, just draw practice and things like that. Uh, and with some of these laser trainers and different things that are out there, um, heck, you could you have a backyard barbecue and hang a piece of paper on the fence and everybody you could have a little competition with it or, you know, you could have fun as well. Scotsman, I'll let you jump in. What do you think about somebody that can't train as much as they should? What would be your options? Uh, one of the best ones that I like to use is limited run count. So you're forcing your mag yep. changes. Um, yep. you're, you're forcing yourself to pay attention to what's going on a lot more. Um, you know, a lot of drawing from the holster practice, cause that's, that, let's be honest. That's where most of the people are going to have problems is drawing from the holster. If you haven't, if you're not doing it all the time, you're going to have an issue, especially if you get into a situation, you're hyped up, you know, adrenaline's going, you gotta be on point. So a lot of holster practice. Um, but yeah, limited round count practice for me is, is the way to go. Yep. Uh, that is true. Uh, I, I, I do know that, you know, I've severely cut back on a lot of, uh, you know, on a lot of the ammunition that I burned through. Um, I try to take things in stages and, um, do it a lot more, a lot more slow fire precision stuff, which I, I enjoy anyway. Uh, now than uh, I did before. BJ Weed out there. Has anybody heard anything more since uh, uh, Texas Constitutional Secretary went to the committee? Um, and then Juan follows that up. He says that uh, there was a podcast on that earlier, and there was, so jump back and check that out. But uh, no, no, no hard updates on that. Uh, and for the record, and I think I mentioned it during that podcast, but people don't seem to grasp this. Uh, a conference committee is not a chamber committee. There's, that's it's two totally different things. And very often, conference committees are done behind closed doors. So until something happens, until the, the report comes out of that conference committee, we're very likely not going to know anything. And it's not uncommon for it to be a week or 10 days or something like that. So uh, unfortunately, we've only got about two weeks left in the session. So we have to be uh, beyond those people. And I've got uh, got more information in the description of that podcast, uh, BJ, if you want to want to check that out. Um, what else There's do we a couple, got? A couple of folks out there. So it was a 475 uh, wildly. 
Yeah, there you go. Wildy. Yeah. Uh, 475 Wildy. That is right. Thank you. Thank you. I see Southpaw now. Paul out there said it was the Wildy. Yeah. Um, I could not remember it. It's like I kicked myself for not being able to remember the freaking Death Wish gun, man. It's like, how do you forget that? Come on. Come on. Um, I wonder what the MSRP is on the 44. Do you know? 38 is the starting price. Ah. Um, you can you can get high polish. You can get wood grips. You can get the rubber grips, however you want to do it. You, you, by the time you're all said and done, if you really want, if you do everything custom that they have on there available, I think the the higher one is like uh, five grand. Right. Uh, Mason says he's on several Tarses over the years: nine hundred five, six hundred five, nine fifty six, eighty five. So the fit and finish was not the best, uh, but they just worked. Never had to deal with their customer service, though. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm, luckily, I haven't haven't had to. Um, Papa out there says great insight on how the compensator makes the report louder. Uh, if they do work, even a little, a few thousandths of a second can make a difference in competition. Yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of people, um, man, especially when you get into some of the videos I do when you talk about precision and certain things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, literally hundreds of an inch can be the difference between first place and fifth, fifth place or first place and not even placing at all sometimes, um, you know, in competition. And of course, tenths of, you know, and hundreds or whatever of seconds are sort of the same way. So, you know, when you talk about a competition setting, anything that can give you that, uh, that edge certainly will help. Right. Scottsman? Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially with 22. Again, it's it's not very loud whatsoever, and it really does come down to where that person with the timer is standing behind you. If they're not close enough, it's not going to pick it up. Right. Now, Papa's out there. He says the forty-four auto mag was in the Beverly Hills Cop movie. I don't remember that. Beverly Hills Cop Two. Um, I don't think I remember that. And then uh, Paul out there saying the forty-four was also in the last Dirty Harry movie. So, um, yeah, I don't, when you talk about the, the auto mags, my brain immediately goes to death wish. So guess. Yeah. I, uh, mine goes right to, to dirty Harry, but that's just me. I'm a, I'm a dirty Harry, dirty Harry fat fan. So. Anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, the, it's, uh, it's all the same toilet and all the same machinery. Everything are using all the same stuff. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and those are made in Texas. As far as I know, anyway. Aren't they? Uh, I forget what they said they were. I have to look it up again. I saved it because I do intend on eventually some, somehow or yeah. other. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's on the list. No, I hear you. No, it seems like I looked it up. I did a, I think I did a top five, top five handguns in the movies or something. Uh, and obviously the the 475 Wildy uh, was uh, on that list. Are, uh, South Carolina. Oh, okay, South Carolina. I don't know what I was thinking about Texas. There's something something that's made like one of the popular movie movie guns that are made is made in Texas, and I can't remember. Can't remember now what the heck it even was. But that's okay. Uh, what do we got? Somebody was talking about. 
uh, some trigger reset, some other things. Huntsman out there, uh, he says airsoft uh, for teams training uh, and gear refining. Uh, airsoft can be, um, man, even even pellets and and BB. Um, I've got uh, where's it at? It's it was sitting right here. I got my hands on it. I've got a uh, Umarex makes it, but it is a Smith and Wesson MMP that I don't own an actual Smith and Wesson MMP, but um, there are a lot of uh, air guns, let's say, out there, not uh, necessarily airsoft. Some are airsoft, some are um, uh, BB or pellet that I'm talking about the dimensions and everything are identical to a lot of very popular firearms. So uh, valid, valid point on that. Um, do you own anything like that? Any airsoft or, or air stuff that is realistic in nature? Nah, everything I got's the real deal. I don't, I, I've, I've messed with some airsoft stuff in the past. Um, I, I just prefer to stick with what I got. And I, even in tough times, and I, I've been through it before, just like you, I've been through it a few times as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just you just change up your practice a little bit. That's why you know, again, I go limited round counts and stuff like that. Um, right. A lot of holster practice. Um, I don't have them up right now because I recently moved here not too long ago, um, beginning of the year. But uh, <clears throat> usually, what I'll do is I'll have targets up around the house, mm-hmm. and so I'll walk into a room and just randomly draw onto that target, and that way, I'm not specific. You know, I'm constantly training my eyes to go to the target, bring my gun to the target. Right. As I'm walking around. So. Yeah, Mad Sexy out there. He's echoing the airsoft stuff, too. Uh, it so, can be a great, a great training yeah. tool. It can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the stuff, I, I'm amazed. Um, of course, I've had for quite a few years, I've got a fairly good working relationship with with Umarex and Axion and Walter and that whole, um, that whole company. But I always am checking out their, their booth at, at every show because it's amazing. I mean, like this, the, for example, I'll tell the story. I've told this story before, but the Smith and Wesson MMP I got. So here's the story on how I even got this thing is, uh, once upon a time, it's been quite a few years ago. Now, um, uh, I've got a, a buddy that, uh, managed, owned, uh, I guess, whatever you want to call it, a, a pawn shop. And so I'm in there one day, and I'm just walking around, looking around, and all, just randomly on a shelf, set this pistol. And I seen it, and I thought, what in the world? What is there? Why is there a pistol over here, right? And so anyway, he was, of course, behind the counter, and I said, hey, man. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you know there's a Smith & Wesson pistol over here? On the? He's like, ha, ha, ha. He said, yeah, pick it up. And I picked it up, and I'm like, okay, what's the deal? You know? And he's like, bring it here. I brought it to him. And anyway, he pushed a little button, and, of course, the bottom fell out where you put the CO2, and he pushed another button, and half the slide rotate, moved back. He's like, it's an air pistol. And I'm like, oh, but I picked it up and was carrying it and you know, carried it to him and everything. And I did not notice it was, you know what I mean? It wasn't the real deal. I mean, it is that this thing would get you shot and you wouldn't have to be even be in a dark alley for this thing. This thing would get you shot in the daylight if you pulled it out on somebody. 
Um, yeah, a, a lot of them are really are really realistic in weight and feel. Um, so yeah, they they again they can be a great training tool. Just yeah, just not for me. I'm not. And this one's you know this one's got um, this one's got all the controls, like the mag button works, the slide lock, all of that works. You know what I mean? It doesn't do anything, but it moves. I should say. Um, so yeah, I mean it's they're they're amazing what they've got. Um, let's go yeah, down like here. With, uh, I messed with one here a while back and the, the mag button was slightly different. It wasn't quite the same. The slide wasn't quite the same. There, there were some different, you know, differences, unlike the one you're talking about where they were all the yeah. same. Right. If you can find one that's all the same, that's good. Cause you want, you don't want to be training with something and then jump to your actual firearm and then have a problem because you've been training so much with this other one. Right, right. Uh, run through the shots of folks out. We'll get back to the uh, chat in the last 10 minutes or so here. Uh, Hobbies is out there. The presidential is also in the house out there. What is up? Remember, say hey, and we'll uh, say hey back. Scrolling up here, uh, Papa said he's slowed down uh, shooting on the range this year, getting some of the larger honeydew projects done around the house. That's a sore subject as well with lumber prices right now. <laughs> Uh, holy Moses. Um, that could be a whole other ball of wax trying to do honeydew stuff around the house if it requires lumber for sure. Um, yeah, are you seeing that? To, you seeing that in your area? Yeah, I went to Home Depot the other day to look at two by fours and they like tripled. Oh, like eight bucks a piece or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Insane. Um, I watched a video. It was a really good video and I forgot who did it. Uh, the other day on why lumber prices are, are up. Uh, and there's multiple factors, just like there are in, in anything. Uh, but it, it was it was interesting. I won't give any spoiler alerts in case anybody wants to go uh, go Google that, uh, YouTube search that, and uh, watch it. But uh, it's not a very long video, eight or ten minutes maybe. And, uh, yeah, if you're curious about what's going on, um, might, it might surprise you at, at who – the uh, let's just say who the major culprit is of, of why lumber prices are so high. Um, Hobbies out there says, what was the lowest price everyone paid for a firearm? My personal low price was 60 bucks and the year was definitely not 2020. Um, I've bought one for 20 bucks before. Scotsman, what about you? Um, I picked one up the other day from a gunsmith and just had to pay the FFL fee. I actually got it for free. Oh, there you go. Well, that's that, but having to pay for it though. As far as paying for one, uh, I think one fifty is about the lowest I paid. Yeah, uh, because I get occasionally, you know, obviously, if a company sends me one to test, sometimes they allow me to keep it and all that. So yeah, I've gotten and I've had friends and uh, stuff give me things for helping them out or doing this. So I've I've had those those free ones before, but yeah, paid uh, twenty bucks and it was a. Um, Dad and Abbott, it's on the channel. Smith and Wesson double action, thirty-eight double action, uh, break top, uh, fourth model, fifth model, can't remember. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah, needed right. some work, needed some work, but uh, yeah, twenty bucks. Can't <laughs> go wrong. So, uh. 
what we got here nick says thanks guys welcome nick he says i feel like i have the right confidence i'm on target in a scenario really help me out yeah uh confidence is a big thing um that's why i think it's important scotsman you can chime in here but um you know people want to caliber shame a lot and you know i will contend that confidence and competence are the two most important factors when you're talking about the ability to defend yourself with a firearm uh caliber and mag capacity and all of that comes way after those two mental aspects of the game in my opinion yeah absolutely um you got to be comfortable with what you shoot and you you know if you if you don't shoot it well it's not going to work you know you're again you're defending yourself defending your life defending your family so you got to find what works for you yeah i make fun of 40 all the time but (laughs) <laughs> the end of the day, if, that, if that's what works for you and you shoot it well, great. Yeah. Do yeah. so. Yeah, um, no kidding. I'm still going to make fun of it, though. <laughs> right. Well, you know, uh, as part of the larger firearm community, we reserve the right at any time to make fun of anybody for any reason, right? Heck, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how boring is it if we if we don't? Mason's... We're all subject to it, too, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mason says, I live, work on a ranch that switched to carrying a Bond Arms Derringer. Nice firearms there. Uh, with a three-inch barrel, uh, 410-45 Colt. Keep a Ruger American Ranch in the truck for stuff at the range. Thoughts on Bond Arms. Well, I just gave it to you. Um, yeah, Bond Arms is solid. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would I would say Bond Arms is about the only Derringer anymore worth having. Isn't it, Scotsman? Yeah, they make a nice one. Um, they really do. Try to think about anyone else that makes one right now. That all the rest is cheap Zanic stuff. I mean, not saying it wouldn't work for you a few times, yeah. but it's definitely not, not nice. Lot, there's not a whole lot of newer ones on the market right now. Yeah, I, right. I, Bond Arms has, has done a really good job. Right now, I'm trying to think. Does North American Arms make a Derringer? I don't think they do. They, they do, but it's 22. Is it? Oh, do they? Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's 22, 20, and 22 mag. They make Which a few of them, but they're super tiny too. They're not. Right. Well, that what Mason is talking about is a three is three inch barrel. That's a pretty good size derringer right there. Yep. Uh, Mason says cheapest that uh, he ever got new in the box was a Larson 25 auto. I had a, I may or may not have had a Larson nine millimeter one time uh, for $75 after tax. He says cheapest used was like $25 for an old pump revelation. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think new in the box, probably around 80 bucks or so. And it was probably, it was either that a Lars, that Larson or maybe a Yemen or something like that. Uh, pop out there. He says, I've uh, been given several, but lowest paid was, uh, 20 gauge Mossberg 500 working for 90 bucks. That is a steal. Oh my goodness. That was a deal. I won't ask how long ago that was, but that was, that was a deal. Uh, Mason said NAA does not make a Derringer. They make a five shot revolver thingy. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I know that, uh, NAA makes several little, I may be thinking of the semi-auto they make, 
what is that the bull pup or the bulldog or the something the bulldog i think yeah yeah so we're caught up in the chat and that works pretty well because uh we're up against our hour so scotsman i'm gonna give you a minute um because you are always and forever helping folks out you've got some type of project or other thing what i'm gonna do is uh while you're kind of closing us out here and letting us know about anything you need to let us know about i'm gonna throw your uh, channel link out there one more time go check out the scotchman if you like the stuff he does well give him a, a, a subscribe and uh he's an all right dude so make sure you engage in the comments and stuff with him as well but go ahead scotchman uh give us the uh rundown on anything you got going on right now i appreciate being here number one uh it's always good to be here when i can so i, I appreciate that again man it's been a while uh, gotta do it more often um justin's final mission is always out there uh, stop 22 a day help end veteran suicide um just to follow a mission is back up and running. There were some issues with the previous um, company that was running it. So, uh, but we do have it back up and running. Uh, so just to follow a mission is going, uh, stop and, uh, veteran suicide. Um, also, I have the BM-15, uh, the Bill Melton 15. So if you guys don't know, uh, we lost uh, a YouTuber here a couple weeks ago and uh, put together a little AR uh, to help raise some funds for that as well for the family and that's pretty much all i got going right now all right cool so be sure you jump over there on the scotsman channel check out those things uh scotsman thanks for uh thanks for jumping in i enjoyed it for uh for everybody else thanks for hopping in live if you have lasted this far in a replay bless you you're awesome one last time thanks to all the patreon folks and the youtube channel members and the folks that super chat to keep things going and um yeah got a video that dropped sunday i don't even remember what it was i think it was ear pro if i'm uh, remembering correctly um we're monitoring the HB 1927 constitutional carry. We have been monitoring in case you did not know uh, that going on here in Texas. And so be sure that you stay subscribed and click the bell and follow us on other social media or whatever else that you need to do um, to stay aware. Because as soon as I know something, I promise that you guys will know something. Uh, the biggest thing is to be calling Austin, the capital switchboard, 512-463-4630. Again, 512-463-4630. Uh, check out the podcast I did earlier. Uh, there I listed all of the conferees, all of the elected officials, politicians that are on this special conference committee right now. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's all I have. Thanks for hanging out in the lounge. We're uh, going to close the doors. We'll see you next week. Bye. Later.